Today on The Breakdown, no citizens may apply. That's right. It's only heroes for this hand we're going to do because there will be hero calls. There will be hero bluffs. There will be hero raises. There will be hero limps and perhaps even hero folds. There may be hero snacking. It's unclear what, what qualifies anymore as any of these things, but we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. And not just that, there are topics, topics to be delved into that perhaps Grant will recoil against. I'm not sure, but I know what they are, and he doesn't, and it's going to be fun. We're going to do it all right now in The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Topics to recoil. Yeah. So we're, uh, I guess we're going to be covering abortion on this episode. <laughs> you, would, you would dive right into that. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah, that's a great poker, <laughs> poker topic. Um, how, how can mm. you become a hero if yeah. a citizen can't apply to become a hero? Like, you, have you, to have already, to, you have to be born a hero? You have to already be a hero to even apply to this part of it. You so, have to be so a hero. So no new heroes are ever minted. Right. So when you're either the, a hero or you're not. You're, bra- you're Braveheart. Or your dumb heart, basically. Dumb heart. Yeah. I mean, okay, so... Scare heart. So when all the heroes die, there will be no more heroes. I don't understand what you're saying. No, that, no you could be born a hero, and as how, we said. And how is it determined if you're you born... You can also become a hero, but... You how? Just, <laughs> you said you can't apply if you're not a hero. <laughs> right. But this is not how you become a hero. You just either already are or not a hero at this time. At this particular joke, it's like it's like Twitter, at Hustle Live it's like Twitter where they've like stopped blue check mark verification for a while. Sure, and then sometimes <laughs> yeah. they'll bring it back. Or I whatever. mean, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't understand what's so hard to understand about this. Like, you can't be an astronaut once you're on the moon. You have to be an astronaut before you get in the rocket ship. You see what I'm saying? They don't let you learn how to be an so astronaut once you're on the moon. So you're this, already an astronaut. So in this universe, there's some sort of <laughs> intensive. Hero training that's very difficult. It's not to... training. You just are, you aren't, or that's you become... That's not how astronauts work. Or you become a hero. <laughs> so you're born an astronaut? Well, no. Maybe some people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some people are born an astronaut. Is this no, the you topic? Learn, you learn how to do it, but you don't learn how to do it when you're on the rocket ship to Mars, do you? You don't learn how to do it when you're already sitting at the 50-100-100 game at the Hustler Live Casino. You've already become a hero or not. You've are, you're, your fate is already determined. Will you be the villain? Perhaps. Perhaps you will. Some people are the villains. Is this the thing I was going to recoil no. from? Because I'm starting to recoil. This is not it at all. Okay. This is nowhere close. You just brought this up, and you forced me to defend my words. I defended them. You tried. I tried and succeeded. Well, and I think everyone we'll agrees. that. the people be the jury. I think everyone agrees. Okay. Whew. Okay. So next up. <laughs> yeah, what you got? What you got, buddy? Um... Uh, one of our uh, one of our listeners writes in and says this. I met Steve. There's quotes around Steve a few years ago. We go to the same boot camp style workout class. There's a few times a week at my apartment building. <laughs> Grant is looking with such interest. Why? He's so confused. This person said this only to you. Um, no, uh, we've sent it to the poker guys uh, email. Oh. We have both been going to this class for a few years. Occasionally, we have hung out. Outside of class, call it five or six times. We've even gone on group dates with my wife and his girlfriend. Here's my dilemma. Steve is super boring. 
And all he and his girlfriend talk about are how hard their jobs are, how much they work, and how busy they are. When we went to brunch last time, it was painfully hard to keep an interesting conversation going. Every time I brought something up, it seemed like Steve needed to one-up the comment or situation. For example, we went to Seattle this weekend. Have you been to Vancouver, BC? It's better. Or, we're going on a weekend trip to X. I've been too busy to work to travel much. You know how it is. Despite this, I think Steve and his girlfriend like hanging out with us. Steve has mentioned going out again. We see him often since we go to the same workout class roughly twice a week. How do we signal that we do not want to hang out with them in the future? Leaving the workout class is not an option. Got to stay fit. Okay. So um, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning the name of the person, even though they didn't say they wanted to be confidential, just in case. President Barack Obama. I'm sort of protecting them just a little bit in case somehow Steve hears this, because I assume these are identifying enough characteristics that they would know who this person is, and I don't want to out them. Yeah, good. Anyway, so, um, you probably should have premised this with sometimes we're doing advice on this show now. <laughs> <laughs> but we've only done two, two advice things, and they've both been poker-related. Yes. And, this, uh, was, this was written for our other podcast, which we aren't doing as of yet. And I thought, maybe we take it out for a spin right now. We'll just do a teaser advice podcast. Yeah, nothing to do with no. poker. What do you mean nothing? It's, it's everything to do with the opening of the show, which often is nothing to do with that poker. That is true. And so I was like, you may recoil at this. You may, you may shut this down, but let's see. It's a good question, and I thought it would be interesting to tackle for um, like a minute or two. I'm not going to shut it down, but okay. I'm going to remind the listeners that in the description of this podcast, there is a timestamp for when the analysis for the poker begins, mm. if you don't want to listen to this type of stuff. Right. It's in every episode. If you've listened many times before, you know that no matter what, whether or not there's a question from a listener or not, the first... 10, if you're lucky, to 40 minutes of the show are not about the hand. Right. So if that's not for you, there is a timestamp in the description. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this brings up an interesting question. And by the way, this kind of thing does happen at poker a lot, right? Where you're playing with people, especially if you go to the same club, start playing with similar people, and some of them want to hang out. And you don't really want, I don't want to hang out with everyone who wants to hang out with me at a poker sure. table. That's for sure. So in some ways, it's a, it is a poker question. In it is some, in some ways. Very indirect ways. About how do you signal to people um, that you don't want to spend time with them in a way that's not going to be problematic, obviously, because our friend here clearly is not super excited about okay. confrontation in any way or conflict. I'm just going to, you know, this, this may not be helpful, but I'm just going to throw out whatever I got, right? Do it. So... Part one of this is I don't think I have any experience like this. Like I've had, hmm. I've had people in my circle of friends. That I'm like, eh, I'm not super interested in being around that person. But it's never been like I have to directly do something to stop it from happening. Right. It's just like kind of slowly fades away because it's just not natural. Um, two, my wife uh, and I used to go to a workout class, and we almost ended up in a situation like this where uh, somebody in the workout class kept trying to get her. She would go to the workout class more than me. Tr- kept trying to get her to invite me to go with his wife and him to do stuff because he wanted to be friends and my wife didn't know how to get out of it. And then the pandemic happened. She stopped going. That's how she got out of it. Um, So luckily I I didn't go as far as this person went in this situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's been a few years, huh? Yeah. Five or six times they hung out outside of class. Yep. But they want to hang out more. We We see him often since we all go to the same workout class, roughly twice a week. I have a thought on this. All right, please. Since I see you're uh, yeah, I don't, swimming in the, uh, the sea of despair over I'm, there. It's not despair. I'm just kind of trying <laughs> to figure out how you would get out of this the yeah. least awkward way possible. I think the move is to karate chop the hell out of this guy. Like, I don't mean physically. I mean use karate and the notions behind it. Use their energy against them. Instead of trying to signal to the guy <laughs> that you don't want to hang out with them, 
make yourself unattractive enough that they don't want to hang out with you. What if you started doing things? This sounds like the premise of a Seinfeld episode. Or, or like maybe curb your enthusiasm. Or it's always sunny even sometimes. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't have to be as extreme as yeah. we're talking about because we just want to take something which you've hung out a few times and have them just be sour just enough that they're like, eh, and they don't want to do So how anymore. would you go about that? Well, depending on our... The, in this case, Steve and his wife's political stances, I think it wouldn't be that hard. Ah, so you could... You could, you could wear a MAGA hat do or it. not, or go the other way with it, right? Wear an AOC t-shirt. Would it take much more beyond that? I don't know that it would. Now, they may know about your politics, and that would be that, but that's an easy way <laughs> to have them probably be much less interested in hanging out with you at this point. That's... Okay, that's an interesting way to, to go about it. Like, you don't actually have to be a jerk then. You just right. have to represent something that they don't you, like. You might then hurt your own standing in the community a little bit if you're wearing that a lot. So you may want to pick really carefully when you wear it, yeah. whatever, whatever thing you're picking, um, which, whichever hat or shirt or whatever it is. But that is a way. And if they decide they don't want to hang out with you, now the problem is on them. Where now they're like, oh, God, we want to talk to them less because we don't want to open up the thing. And it's, you're getting everything you want. Yeah. I mean, this is not a perfect analogy. Mm-hmm. But I became friends with a person who I uh, haven't spoken to for a while, but not because it's just faded away. But I became somewhat good friends with this person for about a three-year period of my life in my mid-20s because we, we had this like thing, this standing weekly thing where a bunch of people would go eat wings and drink. Um, and this guy was really cool, really fun. And one night, like about six months into knowing this guy and being pretty chill with this guy, me and one of my best friends, and this guy were the three left, and, and he brought up a political thing. And it became very clear that he was on the... Mm-hmm. exact opposite side of politics for me. Now, politics were not as incendiary than this is 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. It was a little bit less incendiary. Still, it didn't affect anything because like, I genuinely liked the guy. Um, so if Steve genuinely likes our guy, that might not matter. Like, because like, huh, like me, me and my really good friend still were like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Let's still hang out with this guy because we like this guy. You know, it's fine. It's good, it's good not to live in an echo chamber a little bit anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? Yeah. So... That's true. Not everyone's going to have as strong a reaction as I'm saying, but I think a lot of people these days would. Yeah. So that's, that's got a shot. Anyway. It is a slightly different era politically. It is. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be politics either. That's just one example. That's just the most obvious, easy move, I think. Yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of poker, bringing it back to poker, there was a guy a few years ago who wore a MAGA hat. This is 2019 in a uh, World Series of Poker event and won the event and revealed after he won it that he was not a Trump supporter, but he did it because it, it, he thought people really played differently against huh. him as a result. And, Interesting. And really thought it worked great for him. Essentially, people were trying really hard to bust him. It's and possible. So he just like believed people were bluffing more, and people were like trying to embarrass him more. So he just called more. And like I think he didn't bluff very much either, because I think people probably, probably were bluff-catching more too, like bet for value. But like, you know, and he won the whole thing. That's an interesting, that. pretty cool, interesting way to go about things. Yeah, it's like a classic casino exploit gambling. It kind of is. It kind of is. Um, so anyway, that's one thing that you could try, but that might, depending it, on your level of political yes. caring, might put too sour a taste in your mouth. Yep. If you, to like, like maybe you're not willing to do that. Also, you may have to like wear your hat or t-shirt to this class, and then everyone else in the class yeah. sees it too, and that may not work for you for right. sure. Look, a, a, a classic move is just to. Say yes to everything, but always be busy, you know? And, like, eventually people usually figure it out, is my experience. Yeah, but it's tough if they live in the same apartment building. It is a little bit tougher, that's true. And they're going to see each other twice a week. Yep. That's, it's a little rough. It's not just, like, a text that you're like, ah, I can't make it this time. Yeah, that is tougher. 
you know, showing significantly less interest in them, cutting off the conversation, not having like, not being extra friendly to them when they're being friendly to you. Not saying you have to be difficult, but being a little colder is probably better too. Like spending less time with them in any way is probably a way to signal this stuff. I find that works for me anyway. I usually figure that out eventually when people do that with me. And that, that happens with me sometimes for sure. I'm a bit of a polarizing personality, I would say. And I understand that. I, yeah, I don't know. There's all, obviously there's also just the direct route. Yep. Which how would you how would you recommend he go about the direct route? You know, I've never considered the direct route. I've had someone do the direct route with me. Yeah. How'd it go? It was weird. It was just really weird. It was it worked. I mean, she said to me, this was a friend, not a, not someone I was ever dating, but we were friends. Um, and she said, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And I was like, huh. And she gave me some reason. I actually don't even remember what the reason was, because it felt like I was very clear. I hadn't changed and we'd been friends for a long time. So she had changed and it was like her reasons were her reasons that it felt like they didn't really have a lot to do with me. Um, and so it was just like, okay, but then that was it. Yeah. You know? Now I didn't have to see her in the workout class twice a week after that though, which is the thing that these guys would have to do. It's weird that they can't find a different workout class though. How about we just pick a different workout class? I mean, it's in their building. It's really, it's really yeah. convenient. They like it. Yeah. You said it's not an option. So, right. Okay. But, you know, if, you, if you're struggling with some of this stuff, maybe it is an option. You just have, there are way out, there's a million ways to work out that are also convenient you could find. Maybe you actually, if you, if you don't want to deal with this directly, then this is another way to go. Yeah, I mean. Like, of you course could, you could work out other ways. You could, I mean, one reason that I think I haven't encountered this too much is that I'm a relatively unfiltered person uh, in a lot of cases, and some might describe me as kind of abrasive at times. But not in these ways, not, I don't think. No, not, not in like an aggressive way, but like I, you've seen me in many social situations and I think maybe it hasn't been apparent to you because you're always like one of the people I want to talk to. Yeah. But uh, I don't really give the time of day to people who I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm similar to that yeah. as well. Like, and so you can sort of just go about it that way. Like just don't, don't do the pleasantries as much. This is what I was saying. You yeah. know, like, spend less time. Cut things off quicker if they start talking to you. Don't be so fucking friendly, you know. Even just saying things like when they come up to you and start talking to being in class, be like, hey, I'm just going to get... I gotta, I'm going to get in the right mindset or something stupid like that. And I'm, so I'm going to go... And then you go and fucking meditate or something. Anything away from them and just, like, shit like that. By the way, you really could do the thing of, like, you know... I mean, who does this? No one no. actually says, like, I'm not going to be friends with you and then keeps going to this class. Though. Yeah, that's, that just doesn't that's happen. rough. The going to the class still thing is rough. I mean, it doesn't have to be. It could be awkward for them and not for you, but knowing, I know this person a little bit who sent yeah. it to it. Um, I think it would be awkward for him. I think it would be awkward for me, too, to be clear. Yeah. I think it would be awkward for most humans. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think we solved that. I don't think we solved it at all. <laughs> Wear a MAGA hat or an AOC t-shirt. Wear both. We're both. <laughs> That's perfect. Those say, confuse everyone. I think I think both sides make really good points. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, I don't think we solved that at all. Maybe I'm um, thinking about the things that you know that they don't like, and oh, you know, actually, if the guy keeps one upping you, maybe like start one upping the guy much harder instead of like you know like Vancouver BC is better. It's really not actually. Have you been to blah blah blah? I've yeah. been to both. I really you know like. Make it so you're less palatable to be around. So again, they're they're sort of choosing that they would want to spend less time with you. Just a thought. Yeah. 
or just pick a different class. Find another class. It doesn't have to be in your building. You can go running. You can do a million things. You don't have to be held hostage by this situation because you, have, because you like the class in your building. You could also be kind of like, I guess insensitive isn't the exact right word, but you could, the next time you hang out with him, let's, let's assume you do this with the wife and, and his girlfriend and him. Again, you can not acquiesce in any way. Be like, I want to go to this place, and if you guys can show up or not, and then like, don't, don't do anything to filter yourself. Don't not be a dick if you feel like being a dick. I like, mean, I think you should never hang out with them again. Yeah. Like, if you hang out with them, you are sending a message that you want to hang out. You should, the first thing you should do is never, ever hang out with them again. At least the four of you. I guess just slow dodging and dodging and dodging until they get the picture. That right. usually That's works. That's probably the best move. I've done that a million times. That always works. Yeah. Um, sometimes it gets a little strange, but it always works, ultimately. And, you know, you just, like, you just sort of deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be awkward for you if you're just dodging anyway. You know, you're right. like... I don't know. All I right. Find, I, all right. That's the did. best. We totally solved it. Sure. We are amazing. Feel free to send in your questions. Poker advice, mostly. But, you know, non-poker advice is okay, too. Who knows? We may do another one of those. I'm not sure. I mean, hopefully we can give better advice than that <laughs> in some cases. I crushed the advice. Just because your advice was bad doesn't mean, like, okay. we have to give better advice. Maybe you can give better advice. I have some advice for you. <laughs> don't overestimate yourself. Is that advice or is that just a thought? It's advice. <laughs> I don't think it is. That's, and it's bad advice, just like your other advice. I think we did much better in the other two advice columns. Well, those were poker-based. Of yeah. course, we understood. Those were situations that... This is a very difficult situation. It is. And, of course, if we were doing this in our, um, our advice podcast, which still may happen, but... Yeah, we're not sure. It's unclear. Uh, we probably would do a bit around it at some point. You know, we'd make it funny. But this we're just trying to answer, and that's all there is. Okay, you said you had another piece of business. Oh, Yeah. Um, let's see if Grant recoils from this. So Grant had a little piece of news. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't recoil from this. I'm not going to mention specifics on it. Sure. Yeah. You want to talk about this? I don't know. Do you? I guess it's somewhat interesting. I, it is interesting if we keep it short. Okay. So I was playing poker. This actually happened last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I play poker, historically, I always bring a backpack in case I have to wait. Um, and I have like my iPad in there. And that's about it. Like an iPad and a backup battery and some food if I'm hungry and a hoodie in case the place is cold or whatever. Um, and I had a table change because my table was really annoying. So I, I, it was a cash game. So yep. I changed tables. And I forgot the backpack under the chair, which I'm sure I've done in the past and it's never been a problem. You know, like I leave the backpack under the chair when I play and then I usually don't forget it. But if I move tables or something, sometimes I'll forget the backpack. Mm-hmm. This happened last night. And then at the end of the night, I realized, oh, I forgot under that chair. And I was like expecting it to still be under the chair. It wasn't there. I went to the desk. I was expecting it to be behind the desk. It wasn't there. Got to look at the security camera footage. The guy who, who sat in the, in the chair after me played for like an hour and a half and then casually put the backpack on, cashed out, and left. And yep. just stole the backpack. And there was something in the backpack that had value. Yeah, an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the whole story. That happened last night. Yeah. That was fun. Really fun way to end the day. It's like a new iPad, too, right? Pretty new. It's a 2021 iPad And it's Pro. like the big one, not the small yeah, one. Yeah, it's a 12.9-inch iPad it's Pro. It's like, how much did you pay for that thing? Uh, it's, it was over 1000 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a real thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's, the, that's the largest so. personal theft I've endured, I think, mm. which is nice, you know? That's a good way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. That, that, 
not bad. And for, I'm lucky I didn't have any cash in the bag. You yes. know, it could have been a lot worse. It, that could have been way worse for but, sure. But you know, I might be changing my policies in the future about bringing backpacks when I play poker. You know, or changing how I operate with the backpack. Maybe not bringing an iPad or an expensive thing and leaving it in the backpack. At I least. I mean, you say that while like a lot of people bring a bunch of cash. You know, but usually they keep it in their pocket, not in a backpack. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Usually. I'm just not, saying, like, and you need cash. Not necessarily Phil Ivy. Cash kind of has Phil value. Phil doesn't keep it in. Cash is important, though. Yeah. To, like, the iPad is not necessary. Right. That's all. And, the, and again, like, I said this to you off, off camera. Um, at least for me, like, I find, like, my phone is not as good as an iPad, but pretty good. Like, yeah. if I can, while I'm waiting, I can be fine on my yeah, phone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That said, I mean, when I, I bring a backpack and I bring expensive headphones in my backpack, mm-hmm. so it's not that dissimilar i and i i feel like i need to though because sometimes i cannot sit and listen to what people are saying i just can't do it yeah but yeah. i'm sort of putting myself at risk and now now it's not a thousand dollars they're like you know three hundred dollar headphones but still i would suck to lose them yeah i would not be thrilled well yeah i'm not i'm not thrilled about this yeah i wouldn't be thrilled about yeah. it either it's just i mean like the guy's on camera but he's kind of not distinctive and the floor didn't recognize him and he had sunglasses on so what percentage Let's, let's do a little blame pie. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to start by saying there's only, in my mind, there's only two places we could probably give the blame to. And like, I don't, like, I, I, having heard the story in more detail, I don't think the poker room is in any way at fault. No. Um, so I would say it could only be the guy who actually took your backpack and you who left your backpack. Is that fair to say? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to slice, slice up the blame pie, what percentage is the guy who stole it? And what percentage is Grant Dennison, whose fault this is? I mean, you could look at this from a lot of, of different angles. Of course you could. So I'm, I'm wondering how you actually do it for yourself. Okay. So when I'm doing it for myself, I think I'm trying to think of how a human should behave in my mind, mm. right? Like, and I think it's natural and normal for a human to behave in the way that I did, where you forget an item for a, an hour yeah. under a table that you had been sitting at, and then you change tables, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's not like something that is egregious in any way, and I think it's something that everybody does once in a while. Yeah. I can't imagine in my life sitting down at a poker table, feeling with my feet under the poker table that there's a backpack there, coming up with a plan like, okay, I came here to play poker, I guess, but this is an opportunity, so I'm going to play for a little while so it doesn't look suspicious. I'm going to just casually get up, take this backpack, and hope something's in there. Like, I can't imagine doing that. Can you? No. No. Absolutely not. So from that perspective, I place 95% of the blame on that guy. Yep. 5% on me for being a little bit dumb about it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think I could go in one of either direction pretty strongly. Like, Clearly, it's that guy's fault. The guy stole it. Yeah. He knew he was stealing it. People are going to make mistakes like you did. Um, the only, but, but I could swing the other way if I wanted to. It wouldn't be that hard to swing the other way and say, like, you know when you're in a poker room, you're, full, you're in a room full of degenerates, liars, and thieves. Yes. And so anytime we would forget something, to some degree, it's on us because there's got to be at least some expectation that it would get stolen. That right? said, it's been... Well over a decade of playing live poker and yeah. doing this type... Like, I'm not leaving it under the table all the time. I'm usually remembering it, but, like... No, I've left my backpack you and at I, Meadows. You and I bring... bring places, yeah. Bring like backpacks Meadows. everywhere. Absolutely. World no. Series of Poker everywhere. I have know? multiple times left my backpack at poker rooms, um, went home, called them, and said, oh, I left my backpack. And they're like, yeah, we got it. It's behind the thing. So, like, I just got lucky that no one took mine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I ever left an iPad in there, but like I said, I have at least headphones in there and sometimes other stuff. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I'm doing the same behavior. I'm not, so, I'm really not saying, you know, what are you doing or anything like that, yeah. to be clear. Um, 
although I can, I can make the case at least that, you know, to some degree it's our responsibility since we're putting ourselves in that den of, yeah, you know, but we've inequity. Been, but we've been in that den for yeah. many, many a year and never had an issue. That's true. Right? That's true. Um, but what's your point with that? That my, like my so, point so would be there's that, a reasonable expectation that it should that be it, safe. Like if we're trying to look at yes, yeah, basically that. Like if we're looking at it from the perspective of Grant before he goes to the poker room, how he should expect things to go if yeah. he were to leave a backpack under right, the table. Right, right, yeah. I like if you said that's what happened. I left my backpack. I would say, so did you just go pick it up afterward? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think someone stole it. That is absolutely true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so that's true. So it's hard to give you a whole lot of blame based on that. I, I agree with that. And again, as someone who's I mean, done I was myself, slightly, I was slightly reckless with it by mm-hmm. not thinking more about it and paying more attention. Right. But you and know. so I guess what happens is we learn that we have to be more on top of things like that, right? right? Which sucks. Yeah, but it's, it's just true. like in the I just in the midst of a table change, I was like, hey, can I? Because I noticed the seat was open at a table with yeah. people that I liked at it, and I was like, oh, I want to move there. So I was, you know, was like trying to talk to the floor real quick and be like, hey, can I move? And then I went and I realized, oh, one of the seats actually had chips at it. And I was like, oh, can I still move? Because then this table is going to be a little more shorthanded. So I like doubled back. You know, it was a whole thing. Yeah. And it was a fine. I could move. So I just got my chips and forgot about the backpack. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure I've left my backpack and jackets more often than you have, actually, because of the two of us, I've probably be more absent minded than you are. I'm sure of it. As far as that type of thing, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Yeah, and I will say, like, personally, like, when... So I've had things stolen from me, too. Um, I like to take full responsibility just because it feels better. Hmm. But that doesn't mean it's really my fault. Right, the, I... The person who stole from me, it's their fault, Well, I was, course, playing, your, I was playing your game of the blame pie. Where, yeah. Like, I do feel similar where, like, there's... I have no agency over that other person's actions. Exactly. So I might as well take responsibility right. and learn from the experience rather than being upset at this person who I'm never going to see again. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Well, I, when I got, I got a significant amount of money stolen from me like a year ago uh, in the crypto sphere. Mm-hmm. You know about this. And I won't get into numbers, but it was significant. Yeah. Um, and uh, like significant enough that I felt weird telling people about yeah. it, telling friends and family about it at first. Cause I was like, Oh, like how are people going to react to this? Um, and, uh, and the thing that really did it for me is like, I was like, I took full responsibility for it personally, meaning like when I told people about it, I told them the story, but like, I really believe it's my fault, even though of course it was stolen from me. Of course it was like, it wasn't really my fault. Of course there's someone out there, but like if I'm waiting in these waters, I have to be better. Otherwise that thing is going to, that's going to happen to me. And sure. And it, and I just say it really, again, just emotionally, it felt better to have agency over it. Cause then I believe I can control it for next time yeah. versus not. But like if we're, if we're a judge and jury, of course, that guy's at right. fault. Right, but I think this is. is actually an important thing. Yeah. To, this actually leads into something interesting about poker, which is tilt and stuff mm. like that. Like, I think if you, if you can, and I think you know, we've talked previously on this podcast about how I am extremely even keel as a yeah. person. Like, it's very hard to upset me. I don't go on tilt. It's, yes. It, you know, I'm pretty chill with that. And I think the main factor in allowing me to do that is my acceptance of the level of power I have over different dynamics in the world. Right, I have power over whether or not I take the backpack to the club and whether or not I move it with me. I don't have power over whether or not a degenerate's going to steal it when they sit down. Right. right. So there's no reason to really rack my mind over that person doing it and be like, why would somebody do that? Like, obviously, why would somebody do that? But that's not worth me thinking about over and over again. People and clearly upset. do it. Yeah. And honestly, this happened. This happened like 12 hours ago, and I'm not upset right now. You've yeah. been hanging out with me mm-hmm. for over an hour. I'm not yeah. like in any way different. Right. Yeah. Like and. 
So I think that's huge in poker. If you can, one way to, like, people have asked in the past, like, how do you battle tilt? And I've never had a good answer. It's just like, I guess Jonathan and I are among the lucky ones who just don't get tilted as easily. Yeah. And a lot of successful poker players don't. But I think one of the things is just fully understanding how much agency you have over situations, right? Like, another player's bad play is nothing you can do about even if it nets them a thousand of your dollars, right? Like, that you might as well make the play that you think is right. I will say, too, that... um this isn't exactly on point, but I think it is the point, even though it's, it's not about tilt exactly. But, like, so often when I'm playing poker, I play a hand, and the hand's over, and I win the hand. And I often think about the hand afterward anyway and think about how could I have played it better? Did I play it really well? And what should I have done differently? Even though I won, which I think a lot of people don't do. Sure. I think they think about it when they lose. Mm-hmm. But often we play a losing hand really well. Often we don't. Often we play a winning hand really well, and often we don't. And trying to, like, capture... All of the lessons is better. And so, like, sometimes I win and I'm like, did I size that right? Should I bet more there? Should I have checked there? And I, like, really think about it. Often, like, for 10 minutes afterward, if it's, especially if it's a bigger or more interesting hand, even if I won. Yeah. And I think that's a characteristic that really helps me. Um, I don't know if it necessarily prevents tilt, but, it, but it's, again, taking agency, a little bit more agency and thinking about stuff as opposed to, I had a good result, so I don't have to think about anything. Oh, I had a bad result. Whose fault is it, right? Yep. Like, it's always your fault to some degree if you're playing poker, to some degree, right? Yeah, now, I mean, you're putting the, money the result isn't, but, like, but the decisions are right. all your fault, right? It's not chess. There's no, it's not like you can beat the variance. Of course not. But you're the one who decided to put however much money you put in yeah. or not or fold. And so like thinking those thoughts decisions through really carefully, even if they went the way you wanted them to this time, is important. Like, I won um, what at the time was the biggest tournament in the history of Portland yeah. many years ago now. It was like seven years ago, eight years ago, maybe more. I think it I might have know. been 10 years ago. Golly. Anyway, it was cool at the time, right? And um, I won it really based on the strength of a few things, but one of them was this monster hand I played where a guy opened under the gun. I had two tens. I called the small blind called, the big blind raised but not enough to, for someone to put in a re-raise. All four of us called what was now a huge pot. I flopped top set. I was up against aces, ace-king, and middle set. And so we got it in four ways all in, and I won the whole thing. And I suddenly had 10% of the chips in play with like four tables left and kind of cruised from yep. there on out, right? Um, but I then thought about that hand after I won. It was like, am I supposed to play tens like this? Were we deep enough for me to just call when the guy, oh, because the guy 4X'd under the gun? And I was like, maybe, I, is that even a fold? I don't know. And I like thought about it a lot, even though I won the tournament off this hand. Yeah. Talked to um, our good friend, triple bracelet winner, Matt Matros about it. And he was like, yeah, I think that's actually a fold pre. And we talked a lot about it. And so even though I won that and won a bunch of money, it was still like, that was probably a misplay. Sure. You know, it was like, Cool. And like that, I think that gear is really useful in poker. And the, like taking that level of agency is, is helpful. And so I encourage everyone to do that yeah. if, if they so That's desire. That's the lesson for my iPad getting stolen right there. Yep. Uh, there's also another element that I think is making it so I'm not upset. And it's another coping mechanism that I apply to my life, I yeah. guess, without really thinking about it. But like, so I'm not looking at it as like a loss. I'm looking at it as like, okay, so, oh, it is a loss, but it's like, it's a, there are a couple opportunities that arise from this, right? So, like, um, I usually, I, you and I both use our iPads a lot. They're devices that we yep. use for leisure throughout the day in, in many cases, right? Um, so, I, I, I usually get a new iPad every four to five years. And, you know, this one is, like, a year and, and change old, a year and a half old, maybe a little bit older. Um, so, it's going to, but it's like, hey, I'm upgrading early, I guess, you know? And 
I'm not going to do it soon because as we're recording this, it's August, and I like to have the new thing because I want it to be as future-proof as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's speculated that a new iPad's coming out in September, yeah, they October, come out in September, something I think. like that. So it's, that's like a month and a half away. And I'm like, you know what? I've been like living my life using an iPad almost every day for you know ten years. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to have a month and a half without that. Yeah, you know, like that's it's a cleanse. You know, so it's it's two opportunities, right? I get to cleanse for a month and a half, and I get to upgrade early. You yeah, know? assuming uh, you still want to. Right, assuming I still want yeah. to. Right, absolutely. So, I was thinking that too. As soon as you said opportunity, I was like, maybe you don't have an iPad and see right. how that goes. That's kind of neat. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to to think about things that way. You yep, know? I agree. Maybe the, maybe this is the best thing that ever happened to you. Maybe you'll have a different relationship with your your family. It's possible. It's actually not completely impossible. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's not completely I'm, impossible. I mean, I'm not cool. like on my iPad when my wife and kid are around. Only when your kid is around. Not right. when your wife and kid are around, because your wife would yell at you. Right, right, right. Yeah, smart. I, I put out all the knives for her to play with. <laughs> Just I, the sharp ones. Yeah, yeah, because dull ones are what hurts you. That's Those what they are say. The dangerous the, ones. Yeah, and the chefs all say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, when I say I'm on my iPad a lot for leisure time, that's like when I'm alone. It's not when my family's around. Okay, okay. I'm buddy. not. I'm not an absentee. All right, all right, all right. Let's let's not. I'm not a fucking absentee, Levy. No one cares. Um, hey, let's get to the hand. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm ready. Who's who stole from you, and how do I get them a medal? <laughs> that's my question. Wow. Yeah. Because why? I was just we just spent all this time like really talking about your thing, and now you're upset because why? I just decided because I'm ready to move on. I just decided to be because not enough time has been spent on Grant Denison today. Not enough time, huh? Not enough more time. time. The more time spent on me, the better. I I do think that's well. The I'm audience probably agree. Admit it. All right, let's talk about Leo Chen. Okay. I didn't want to have to talk about Leo Chen I know. today, but you know he did something that made it. it's like Leo again. Yep. Suggested a hand. Yep. It's this hand. It's this hand. He was the only suggester, so he gets all of the glory. That's the best kind. Yep. Uh, Leo suggested on Discord, use the link in the description to sign up for Discord if you have not yet. We have a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. We uh, have recently done like our, our casting poker players as actors thing. I know. That's a fun type of thing that we've, we've been... A lot of people weighed in with really good thoughts, actually. Better thoughts than we had, I think, for the most so part. So one of our... One of our, I'd call, top-tier Discord members, Ruthino, we've talked about a lot because, because he suggests a lot of hands. He also contributes to a lot of the other parts of the Discord. Um, I think he, he had the funniest suggestion, which actually felt so accurate, Yeah, which was uh, Kevin Hart as Doug Polk. And I could totally see Kevin Hart pulling it off. Like, if you just go race blind to it, I could totally see him He's pulling so it off. He's so short, though. Yeah. That's the problem. He's tiny. It's like... All physical characteristics have to be thrown out the door, basically. So it's tough. That does make it a little tough, but I can see him really pulling it off as far as, like, he's, like, he's got the bulky frame that Doug Polk kind of has. He and he's got, I think he could pull off the vibe. I can't really see it. That one didn't make any sense to me. I thought it was very funny, but also I, after a minute, I was like, you know what? I kind of see it. There were a bunch of really, really good ones in there, though, for sure. But let's not spend time on okay, that. Okay, we won't. Let's talk about this Hustler Live Casino hand where it's... Uh, Big blind ante, 5,100, right? Yep, that is correct. And, and the we 100 have, is the, fifth, the big blind ante, yeah. We have a couple of players that, at least one of them, I don't think we've talked about at all, and one of them was maybe a garbage human in a couple of hands. Sure. Uh, Henry and Eli. Henry's and, a newer player to all of these games, I believe. At least he's okay. showing up in the highlights now, and he hadn't in the past. Right. Uh, he car- I don't know if he's a pro or what. He carries himself with a bit of a professional demeanor. They talk about him like he's good on the... On this, you know, the the highlight videos, the commentary does. That doesn't mean he is, of course, but they do talk about him that way. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to know from one hand. Uh, I think Eli is Doctor Eli, who is very much a recreational player. If it's him, he's one of the uh, 
the whales in the game? I believe so. I saw I saw what he looked like, and I'm pretty sure that's one of the whales. But you know, I don't really watch this stuff very closely, so I don't yeah, want to. We don't really. Know. I think it's reasonable to think that Henry's good and Eli isn't, though. If we have to just quickly guess. Okay, maybe maybe they're both good. Maybe they're both bad. Who knows? Let's we, find out. Let's, let's find out what we think about this one hand. Okay. All right. As Jonathan said, it's a 50, 100, 100 hand. Uh, Henry is in the cutoff. He's got king eight of spades. He's got 44,000 in front of him. He's going to open to 300. Can't, mm-hmm. can't blame you for that. Nope. That's no. fine. Uh, folds to Eli, who is in the small blind. He's got king, queen of clubs. What is your preferred action? He has 37K as the effective stack. Um, I think I'm mostly calling here because I'm suited. I think if I'm off suit, I'm three betting. Also, 370 blinds deep, so. Yep. Cool. This plays really well multi-way. I don't really mind the big blind coming in so much right. with this one. Um, it's okay to three bet this hand for sure. If Henry's opening cutoffs lots, I think it's fine to yeah. three bet. But I, I think I'm, I'm leaning a little more towards a call than a raise, personally. I know you are, right? You love calling in a small blind. Yeah. You're like a huge small blind caller. Yeah, give me seven blinds and jack nine off in the small blind. Exactly. Click you that have... call button right away. Exactly. Love it. You're like, it's two and a half blinds. I still have five and a, four and a half left. This is amazing. If it's three and a half, it's even better because then they're priced in when I flop a jack. Exactly. You, yeah. And you're committed yeah. also, which is good, no matter what the flop yeah. is. Yeah. It's all very wonderful. <laughs> yeah. If you can't tell, I'm joking about the whole jack nine, seven blind thing. All right. So Eli is going to three bet. Okay. Can't hate on that. That's nope. fine. Might hate a bit on the sizing. I already do. 900 over 300 out of the small blind. This feels like when there's amateur a big, size. When there's a big blind. I think you got to make it at least 1,200 yep. when you're this deep. I think it's clearly a 4X at least. Um, I, would, I would lean more towards like 13 to 1,400. Me too. Um, my thought is that Eli sees people three betting 3X and not, is not aware that in position versus out of position. So to him, it's all the same. Possible. And isn't really... That, that's my guess. I don't really know. But this feels way too small. Henry's forced to call with anything at all that he opened with. Pretty much the entire range, I think, he has to call with. I that, mean, maybe if he's good had, enough to open the cutoff. Maybe if he's opening jack eight off in hands like that, he can fold those. I mean, he probably he shouldn't be opening. But maybe if he is, fair enough. He could fold the absolute bottom 10% or something. Maybe he's opening a lot, a lot of dumber stuff, too, for all we know. But yeah. assuming, but like, he opened king eight suited. You can't even consider folding king eight suited here. No, can't, can't consider it. But if you made it thirteen hundred, he'd probably fold king eight suited. I don't know if he would or not. Honestly, yeah. um, these days people, people don't people really don't fold. fold. People especially don't fold in, the three bets, especially in position. Yeah, um, but we have to at least charge him more than this. We can't yeah. make it easy and straightforward to call. So there's not even a decision there. Well, there is a decision because Henry's not going to call. Okay. Yeah, he's not going to fold either. Interesting. Buddy. Well, so, I I I don't hate this. All right, explain why. Because Henry is going to four bet to twenty nine hundred. Okay. Um, we have to believe Eli is three betting a lot from the small blind when we're open against cutoff opens for this to be a good play. Clearly, of course, right? If he's if he's tight and not doing that much, this would not be a good play. We should never do it. But if we think he's three betting a lot, and I will say in these games, people are three betting constantly in these games, even yeah. though no one folds to, to three bets. People three bet all the time, and it doesn't even seem like a three bet gets you isolation anymore in a lot of these games. A lot of the time, anyway. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, the value is if there's a bunch of limpers and someone raises, you three bet and you can knock out the limpers, right? Mm-hmm. But if it goes raise, call, call, you put in a big three bet, usually everybody calls now. So I don't know if there's a lot of value in three betting, but that's another conversation. Um, so, yeah, if, if Eli is three betting a fair amount, which I would guess he is if he's choosing king, queen, and clubs from the small yeah. line when we're this deep, he probably is three bet- betting a bunch. That means he's going to have a bunch of folds. A four bet is very strong looking. Um, and it's hard to continue. It's just hard. And by the way, sizing now gets interesting, right? Like, he does a little more than a 3x. 
and the effective stack would be like a six to one if we get a call here, which is like, there's a lot of hands you don't really love at six to one if you're Eli. Yeah. So it gets... So, so I don't hate this at all. We also have a blocker in the king, which yeah, is legitimate. Yeah, I was going to mention that you hadn't talked about the hand yet. But yeah, the king blocks ace, king, and kings, which is nice. Absolutely. Um, the fact that it's suited, I kind of like, I think. Yeah. Because it means we have more opportunities to continue on flops and turns, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And uh, so I don't hate this at all. I don't think we want to do this very often. I think we can very comfortably call, especially when he only makes it 900. I wonder if Eli has a sizing tell and makes it bigger when he's got a stronger hand and smaller when he doesn't and Henry's on top of it. Maybe. That. That's possible. I, th- I, think I, like, I think I like the four bet um, as a continue versus calling with this hand in particular. I, th- I think in specifically because it has the blocker and, it's, and because it's kind of a clunky hand to it play in a three bet pot. You know, It's better to have the initiative, right? Like king high flops are not amazing for you necessarily nope. so having the initiative wins you a lot more pots um i like i think if it were eight nine of spades i would be like why would you ever four bet that hand it would feel like a mistake because you don't have any blockers and you might get blown off the hand mm-hmm. right we of course can't th- four bet all of our suited kings that aren't good enough to call with or in our mind aren't very are clunky right but i That's think there are many but but we can pick some they're among the better four bet bluffs the more i think about it you know like the, the suited aces have a lot more post-flop value, right. so they don't need to be able to win pre-flop as easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels like maybe the best type of four-bet hand in a deep-stack cash game in positions like this. Um, well, at, with this sizing, it's an interesting thing. Um, I don't know. The bad, the offsuit aces are interesting, too, I think. Like, if you they open are, ace, if you open ace eight off, I just feels like they have a lot fewer prospects post-flop if you do have to end up playing. No question. But the blocker value of the ace has got to be significantly more than the blocker value of the king. I think it's like 3x in terms yeah. of blocker value. So that's pretty good. True. And, um, and even when called... Either we're up against a pair that if we, fl- we can flop an ace a fair amount of the time, like a third of the time, or, well, not we get there, whatever. We, we beat them sometimes. Um, or we're up against, like, big aces, like ace-queen, and we're going to both miss, and we get to win on some continues. Yeah. So, but, but this is still a, a reasonable hand to do it with, of course. Yep. Uh, what do you think about sizing, 2,900 over 900? I think it's fine. I might go even slightly bigger, but we are in position... We do set up lots of good post-flop stuff in terms of stack to pot. I think this is perfectly fine sizing. I do, too. Uh, but I, I certainly don't think Eli can fold a hand this good at this point. I agree. You don't love it, though. Yeah. And if we thought Henry was super tight, I think we do fold. Right. Because then it's like Queens Plus, right? Yeah. All but indications are that Henry is not super tight. Absolutely. Of course, we continue. Yeah. And uh, King-Queen off, we can consider folding, though. I mean, it just doesn't have as much going on. Yeah. I think out of position, we do fold King-Queen yeah. off. Yeah. But King-Queen of clubs, oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're going to have to continue with that. Come on. Is there any reason to potentially five bet rather than calling? I mean, only if we know Henry's light four betting a lot. Yeah. Otherwise, we're taking a hand that, that flops well and has value and turning it into a straight bluff. Yep. We do block kings, queens, ace, king, and ace, queen. I would think I'd rather do it with a hand like ace, queen off. Yeah. Personally, although we could just call ace, queen off, but we could also sometimes turn that into a five bet. Yeah. And because it's just because we're going to lose so often. It's a, it's a little bit easier to know where you are with king queen suited than ace queen off post flop in a inflated pot. Well, we just we also just flop so much better. Yeah. In king with queen, king queen off. Right. Yeah. King queen suited. King queen suited. Thank you. Yeah. For the clear clarification. <laughs> Eli's going to call. That seems fine to me. So yeah. I, yeah. Me too. So everything preflop seems OK to us, except maybe Eli should have sized it a bit more with his three bet. Yep. Makes it thirteen hundred. 
Maybe all the same things happen after that, and we're paying even more as Eli, but whatevs. Maybe. And whatevs is not what you're going to say when you go to nitro betting and you're like, whatevs? Talking about, talking about whatevs? How can you be apathetic about the bounty, the glory, the wonder of nitro betting, especially when I was smart and used the link that the poker guys provided me in the description of their podcast to get access to their special promotions? What a bountiful, glorif- glorified situation. There's unicorns. It's great. You're gonna you're gonna step in it all. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna going? step. No, I'm gonna step in. Okay, please do. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna do that. You mean? Yeah. Now. No, no, no. You talk a little more, and then I'll step. Okay. In. Nitro betting. It also has. Uh, <laughs> it's like it doesn't have actual cake, but it's like the feeling of when you get mm. cake, and it's not like a grocery. You like store. cake too. Not a grocery store sheet cake, like a good cake. Like you like you like a big a, fan of chocolate cake. Yeah, restaurant chocolate cake. Restaurant chocolate cake. Yeah. Not, not any other kind of chocolate cake. You know what I'm right. talking about. You mean the good stuff. You go to a restaurant. You get, get chocolate cake. You get that nice restaurant <laughs> chocolate cake. You know what I'm talking about? It's all moist. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. The frosting is phenomenal. Maybe they put a little bit of raspberry something mm, or other. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little whipped cream maybe on the side, but it's uh. like fancy whipped cream. It's not from a can. It's not from that cool whip box thing. They like made, they made it. They made it's it with the cow. Box. They milked the cow and they made the cream. <laughs> That's nitro bedding for you. Yeah. In a nutshell. Nailed it. Yeah. Sometimes there's nuts, too, on the cake, you know, like pistachios, little dust of pistachios. Did you mention the sports betting casino games? I don't remember. The sports betting is kind of like the appetizer, you know. It's mm. like a phenomenal, just a phenomenal uh, frisee. <laughs> it's just the, the dressing. You, you couldn't believe that frisee could be elevated to this level. I feel like the casino the games. Chef, the chef must have imported this recipe from Italy. He must have ancient connections to even be allowed to have the recipe. That's the frisee that is the, the casino games and the, that's the no, sports no, no, that's sport, no, the casino games are more like a, a nice amuse, amuse-bouche. Oh, uh, yes, like a soup that comes in a spoon and you just drink exactly. it in one, one sip. One little taste, it's one little bite. butternut squash, but what else did they put in there? Because it's amazing. How, how can that just be a squash? I'll tell you the answer. The answer is always butter. That's what's in it's there. It's butter, okay. It's always butter. Butter and maybe a little cinnamon. If they're feeling some a little... Cumin. Feeling a little some cumin. Feeling a little jazzy. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's nitro betting for you. Use the link in the description, you know? You guys, the sports betting, the casino games, of course they have the poker. They got the Poker Guys monthly tournament, which you only access when using the link. Yep. And other special promotions for you down the line if you use the link. All sorts of stuff. So we'll, um, we'll see you there. Okay, sounds good. Moving on. All right, $6,000 in the pot. Eli, three bet, called a four bet with king, queen of clubs out of the small blind. Henry has king, eight of spades. Okay. Five of diamonds, eight of clubs, ten of clubs flop. A little something for both of our friends here. Very little, but sure. I mean, Eli's a little bit more. Eli's got king, queen of clubs. He's got two overs and a flush draw. I mean, our, our Henry has just outflopped Eli and is now has him reverse dominated. Like, what do you mean a little more for Eli? It went well for Henry. It Henry went an eight. Yes, but Henry Eli has a little pair. Eli has a flush draw. This is great. Eli has a back. T- oh no, there's two clubs. This is great for Eli. <laughs> I don't know why I read that wrong. What, what is the matter with you? Dyslexia! I don't know you what's don't going on. Dyslexia. I thought it was um, I thought it was a rainbow board for some reason. I mean, I'm just, to be fair, I didn't actually look at the images. I just read what you wrote in the notes. So it's not as bad as like I saw two clubs on the flop. Is there a different didn't... suit that starts with C that I'm not remembering? <laughs> I don't know why. I was so convinced that it wasn't two clubs. Anyway, let's continue because this is tough. This is a tough spot for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't get out of this one. Yeah. I would say that it's a superior flop for Eli than for Okay, no, I agree completely. Yeah, he has 100%. two overs, this two is overs a great... back draw, straight draw, flush draw. We can, we can rock and roll on this flop. Yes. Um, all right, I think the first question that we have to ask here is, should Eli consider leading 
I don't think so. I mean, if Henry's the kind of guy who actually has a lot of checkbacks here, which really good players do, but I think most players, when they three-bet, just continue a lot. Four-bet, he four-bet. Four, oh, four-betting, they continue all the time. Yeah, like, he's probably not going to have too many checkbacks no, 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 on a four-bet. No, no, I agree. No, we should check and let him put money in the pot and then figure out what we want to do. Rain, ranges are defined, like, this... It's easy, especially if you're relatively new to thinking about board-based theory, to think, like, this board favors Eli because you just think of him as the guy who was the last to call. He's not the non-aggressor. And this board, typically, when you're talking about the out-of-position player who called out of the blinds, is going to favor that player. But that may not be the case in a four-bet pot when, when Henry four-bet. Henry, right. Henry has all of the overpairs. Eli only has some of the overpairs. I mean, forgetting about that, though, but Henry has... Probably not any of the sets, and Eli may have all of the sets. Henry probably has some sets. He probably has tens. You think he's bit. four betting tens? It's possible. It's possible. Mostly players don't do that. Mostly though. not. But Eli three bets tens and three bets eights and probably three bets fives is a three betting king queen suited. Yeah. So, yeah, like I think it's an interesting range deal here in it terms is of because, who's got who's got the edge because it's not the typical edge that Eli would have out of the blinds where you're like, oh, he has all the two pair combos and all of the draws that come in are going to affect him more than they affect. Henry, and maybe Eli has a little bit of Jack-9 suited in his range here. I'm not sure, but... Maybe. Like, it's not really the, the top of mind here mm-hmm. in a four-bet pot. Yeah. Right? So Eli may have a top-end range advantage by having a few more sets, but I think Henry has an overall range advantage. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I probably do agree. Yes, just from a combos point of view, it's right. got to be true. Uh, Henry also probably has more nut flush draws than Eli. I'm not sure if that's true or not, because it depends on if Henry's... Four, if we see he's got king eight suited, so maybe he's four-betting a bunch of suited aces. I yeah. don't know if he is or not. Eli's probably three-betting a bunch of suited aces. Yeah. So again, I, I don't know. It's possible Eli's got more nut flush draws. I guess. That, that one might be a toss-up. Yeah. Um, either way, it feels like a board that traditionally Henry is supposed to check back from a board-based perspective, but I don't know if that's true in a four-bet pot. In a four-bet pot, usually ranges have shrunk up enough that you can bet pretty comfortably here, I think. Yeah. Uh, so Eli's going to check. He's not going to lead. That's fine. So is this a candidate, though, even though we said Henry can bet, is this a candidate to check back because he's flop middle pair? I mean, do we really just want to, like, don't we want to deny equity? I feel like we just want to deny equity. I would, like, if we... Basically, queens, jacks, and aces. Like, any queen, jack, or ace is a scary card, you mean? Yeah. Um, A nine is slightly scary, I suppose. Nine's not amazing for us. If we had two sevens, wouldn't we want to bet? Isn't this the same thing? I don't know. I feel like I want to bet just to do that. Like, I don't love my hand. We have but more ways to improve with this hand than two sevens. Yeah, that's, which is nice. That's true. But I don't know if I just want to give him a free shot to beat me when there are a bunch of cards that are bad. By the way, a club isn't amazing for us either. You know, like we don't really know what to do with a club. Yeah. Um, especially if we check. I'm inclined to bet. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's not folding if clubs are going to be a problem for us if we bet. It's not like we're actually going of to course, deny equity. But we start clubs. to deny, define the hand a little bit. Um, we get to charge him for it. If, if he's got, if him have, obviously this hand, he's never folding this hand right now, but that's okay. Like, I'm just saying, like, if one club comes on the turn and he, because we checked it back, he leads, we don't, it's harder to navigate. I yeah. Think. I think, all. I think in practice, betting is the better play here. Um, just like, it's just a positive result to win right now. Yeah. You know, even though we flat middle pair and the only well, times we win right now is when he has very little equity against us and we're ahead already. Right. But that's okay. I mean, look, we block middle set. That's a, that's a positive in this case, right? Yeah. Where he doesn't have aces, kings. I don't know if he has queens or not, but he does have tens, eights, and fives, but it's hard to have eights now. That's yeah. cool. We knock out two combos of eights. Yep. 
so Henry bets seventeen hundred into six K, so he's yep. not really expecting to fold out anything that has any equity, right? right. He's, he's just like, like fold your fold your king queen is uh, I guess not king, king queen of uh, hearts spades, yeah. Fold king jack of spades, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Fold ace nine suited, whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, spades, which you can't have because Henry has spades, which is why I went with hearts and diamonds are backdoor. So you probably you're probably not even folding out king jack of diamonds. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know what Eli's doing, but you're probably not supposed to be folding out King Jack of Diamonds mm-hmm. for 1700 into 6K yeah. here. Okay, fair enough. Right. Anyway, Henry bets 1700. Uh, equity denial is the name it's of the game fine. here. All right, is Eli, what are we doing? I think we should raise. Yeah, make it 6500. Um, let's see. There's, there's 77. Hundred in the pot, six five hundred is pretty good. I think anywhere between six thousand and pot is fine to raise. So we can make it eight thousand. We can make it six thousand. It's all fine. Yeah. Is it a problem that we block Henry's most likely whiffs with value hands preflop, ace king and ace queen? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think it's a huge problem because he's the four better. So he's sort of. Pretty, I mean, we also block kings and queens, yeah, right, which are things that are non whiffs, true. So it goes both ways, yeah. Um, I think it's, I think we should just play this hand fast because being out of position, especially, it makes it really hard. If we just call it, makes it hard to play this hand on the turn if we don't improve, like, and we if get we do, blown improve. off this hand, and yeah, hitting a club also hard to get value. Like, yeah. we raise right now, sometimes we win it, that's great, sometimes. Sometimes he, we get it all in, which isn't ideal, but we're just going to have to go with it. I think it's, I it's think, too good to fold. Well, I think a reason to feel comfortable raising is, is because we're very unlikely to have to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Like, Henry has to have a set of 10s, basically. Right. To, or maybe in some scenarios he could... You know, maybe we're supposed to fold, actually, the more I think about it. Because what are the hands that Henry's going to 4-bet unless he's a psycho? Oh, you think like ace-x of clubs. Or three-bet. Yeah, ace-x of clubs. But it's just ace-jack of clubs is the only one. Oh, I guess it could Why? be ace-four cl- ace of clubs yeah. or something. That he decided to do that way. Could be a seven of clubs. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. But what if he's also doing like queen jack? We have the queen of clubs. No, I understand. Oh. Not of clubs. I mean, okay. If we think he's that guy, then it changes things. But I mean, he seems like he's that guy. He is king eight. You know? But we thought it was actually pretty reasonable to four bet this hand, right? Yeah. Would, it, would you think it would be reasonable to three bet queen jack of non-clubs? It would have the- to be offsuit. Like suited we're going to call. Offsuit is, would be the one to four bet, I think, if we're four betting, right? Because that one's less fun to play post flop. What I'm talking about is on the flop. Yeah. Okay. So when we're on the flop, like if you think he's a reasonable player, do you think that's a good hand to blast off with? Queen Jack with no other equity. Uh, um, well, we have a gutter to the nuts. We have overs. Only if we think Eli's pretty loose with his raises. Yeah. That'd be the only way to do it. So let's assume for a second that Henry's a reasonable player. Okay. okay? Okay. And maybe this is too tight a range, but we're just going to start here. The range that he's getting it in with on the flop feels like it definitely would include the nut flush draw, which is bad for Eli, and a set of 10s, which is bad for Eli. Those things are bad, but if we're going to raise to 8,000, that yeah. means we'll have put in a total of 10,000. We'll have 27,000 back. We're right, essentially going to have a pot size bet. Can we raise left. to 6,500 instead of 8,000? How about? We'll have almost a pot size bet back. Yeah. I don't think we can fold for a pot size bet raise three even if it's a three bet all in i think that's probably bad i mean i think i think you need some data on the player right like if we have at least some data on the player to suggest that henry's range that would get it in does actually consist only of if it's just those things sure and maybe aces with the ace of clubs as a backup 
Mm-hmm. Maybe Aces without the Ace of Clubs, I guess. I don't know which one is better. But, like, Aces is not that good for King, Queen of Clubs here either. It's almost the same thing it's as a set. It's not that great. It's almost it's the same true. thing as a set. But if, we, but, if we're, but if we're up against... It's not. Because if we're up against a pot-sized bet to call, call it off, we can do that and essentially break even against Aces with the Ace of Clubs, but not against a set. Yeah. Only 27% against a set. We're, like, 33% against Aces. Yeah. Um, that's a big difference. It is. It is. But, uh, okay, but if that's all part of the range... Yes. The math might end up being that we're yeah. not supposed to get it in. Well, then we could make it more. We could raise bigger so it's easier. I, I don't like raising smaller because then I worry about even fold equity. Like, I want to make sure we have real fold equity here. I mean, if we make it 6,500 versus 8K, what hands are different? What hands are going right. to react differently? Okay. Um, I mean, ace-queen is folding either way, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, ace-10 is probably calling either way. Yeah. Although doesn't love it. Maybe it's folding to a shove on the turn. But it's probably folding to a chunky bet on the turn if we make it 6,500 anyway. The other thing is this. It isn't that often we're going to raise and get shoved on, right? I agree. It's very unlikely. This is my whole point. Like, that, that's what I'm getting to here. Okay, is, good. Is that, like, let's assume that Henry's a reasonable player mm-hmm. for a second, which means if he's feeling a little loosey-goosey, aces are included in his get-it-in range, right? right? Other than that, it's sets of tens and not flush draws. Um, so we could, it's, like, so unlikely for him to have those hands that it's fine to raise uh-huh. and like expect that we're going to get called some of the time and we're just going to fold them out some of the time. And this way we build a pot for when we get there. Right. So all of these reasons lead me to believe I like raising and I think I like folding to a shove because unless, you, unless it, I know more. Unless about you think that if you think that's the shove range, I guess you do have to fold yeah. to it. That's fair. Um, if that's really the shove range and that comes down to what we know about this guy. Yeah. And my, if I was just dropped in and knew this was Hustler Live Casino, I'd be like, I assume this guy's got more wide stuff than that because these guys are all fucking bananas, and I call. But, but Eli should actually know something about Henry yeah. here, so it doesn't have to be that random. You know, right. or that, or that. He doesn't have to, and so he should be able to make I mean, if he's fucking bananas, right. we probably shouldn't raise, right? Like, getting it in is not necessarily a positive event overall. Well, fucking bananas doesn't mean he's always shoving. Yeah. It just means he's shoving with wider stuff, which means we can call. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Like, instead of shoving with, like, I don't know how many combos, that was 22 combos or whatever the thing was that you were saying, maybe now it's 60 combos, and the other 38 are fine to, be, like, to get in against, or even good. Like jacks or something? Yeah, jacks would be a perfectly good one to get yeah. in against, right? Um, we're actually favorites on the flop. Yeah. And by the way, maybe some really weird shit, too, if he's bananas, that we're actually ahead of. Yeah. Like, that can happen, too. You know, worst yeah. clubs. Yeah, as the poker guys, we don't know anything about Henry. So. What if what if what if Henry has Jack Nine of Clubs? Of course, he's getting it in. And yeah. guess what? We got him crushed. You know, yeah. there's, so there's things like that too. It's just not super likely to nope to it's have, not. for him to have that hand. It's not um, for all all sorts of reasons. See, ultimately, I like a raise. Yeah, you, li- you like a raise. We I both think, like a raise. I think we should be raising here and like. We can decide, like, I'll worry about the, the three-bet shove when it happens and figure it out then, because, like, fine, this is a hand to raise. It sets up a really nice shove on the river. Oh, yep. Sorry, on the turn, too, which is beautiful. Another reason the raise is good is because, like you described, like, we're the person more likely to have a set. So, yep, it's good. Yep, that's good. And, of course, we want to get the money in now, because if a club comes on the turn, it's going to be much harder to get the money, right? Yeah. Um, so let's get, the mo- let's get more money in now. So if he folds, great. If he calls, great. We can shove the turn. Um, club or not, probably not shoving the turn, but you know, bet big. It's, um, okay, fine. Bet, bet mo- it's effectively shoving though. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, bet, betting big on the turn almost every, on almost every turn. And, uh, yeah, that seems great. Well, anyway, Eli calls. Okay. 
So he calls. Is, I don't think it's cheap. I don't it's think cheap. it's a terrible decision, but I prefer a race. I mean, the fact that you're only calling 1700 to win 77 with this hand can't be that bad. Right. But being out of position really makes us harder to play post-flop. We haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. Let's do it. The turn is the six of diamonds. The pot is 9,400. The flop is five of diamonds, 10 of clubs, eight of clubs, turn six of diamonds. Okay. Shouldn't really affect either of these players' hands nope. in most cases. Nope. I mean, pocket sevens improves to an open ender. Pocket six has turned to set and can yeah. be there. But those are unlikely hands for both players. I mean, Eli has, sorry, Henry, sorry, no, Eli has more pocket sixes than Henry does, but I mean, not very many. No. No, I'm not sure he's going to three bet that, that often. And when he right. does, he might even fold the flop sometimes. For 1700, I doubt, on a 10 8 5 board, I doubt it. Yeah. He's maybe. calling at least once. But uh, whatever. Three right. combos, who cares? So here's something that happens. Yeah. Eli leads out of flow for 3,400. Okay, first question, what's he repping? Pocket sixes, he's repping... I guess you could play a flop set this way sometimes. Yeah, I guess. You could, you could flop a set and decide this is a big check back on... Even good hands are checking back a lot here, so I'm going to lead. Um but mostly when you have a set here, you're checking, aren't you? And letting Henry continue to fire away if he doesn't have it. Like, aren't you mostly doing that? Yeah, and if Henry has one of the big over pairs, he's probably going to keep betting. Probably. He might, he might go into some, uh, especially because there's two clubs out there. Yeah, you're right. He's probably betting again. Yeah. It, it's not a super believable story. What do you Mo- think about the sizing, 34 into 94? Super weird. It doesn't even feel like a set, actually, when he does that. Does so it? I don't think Eli's thinking about what he's repping. I think he's trying to see a river for 3,400. That's right. I, I think, think that's, that's his right. whole plan. That's weird. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Yeah. I think I, I would have liked the lead a lot better if it was like 6K. Um, with 9,400 in there, yeah, 6, even 7, even 8, I like better. I think we could check. And if Henry bets again, we can sometimes shove. That's powerful. We can have a set now. That's more believable to me than this, this super weak, weird lead on a draw-heavy board. Yeah. And guess who doesn't have 7-9? Kind of anybody. No. Almost ever. Like, straights do not feel like they factor into this. It's a very strange decision. If anybody has 7-9, it's probably Henry. Um, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's a really weird decision to lead for this much. It's bad. I yeah. think it's just categorically bad. Yeah, I think I mostly agree. And uh, it's not a super comfortable spot for Henry, but like it's so cheap and you have an eight. Can you really fold? I mean, you can really put this guy in a flush draw, especially if Eli is an amateur and he plays a little bit kind of face up. Like I'm trying to see a cheap river with my draw type type of thing. I, I don't think you can fold. I mean, let, let me just say this. OK, here's some free alpha for everybody. Free alpha. Okay. When they lead the turn in the cash game, it's one of two things, unless they're very good. There are some players who are really good and can be balanced here, but everybody else is very much extreme in one direction or the other. They aren't polarized. I mean, they are, but they're not really polarized because they're only polarized in one direction. They either really have it or they really don't almost always. It's not... The good players are polarized in both directions, but mostly the amateurs, they just 100% have it or they 100% are weak and don't know what to do. Yep. And that's it. So, like, you just got to know who's who. By the way, mostly they don't have it. Um, But if you know who's who at all, if you ever see an amateur lead... Uh, any of these things, and you get to see their hand, remember forever, because that's what all leads mean for them until they show you otherwise. Yeah, that is a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah, Eli leads. Henry calls. That seems fine. Right. If we know Eli has any sort of loosey-goosiness with this kind of a lead, he probably always has loosey-goosiness. We're, we're ahead a lot with an eight here. 
All right. The pot is 16,200. Okay. Five of diamonds, ten of clubs, eight of clubs, six of diamonds. You're Eli. You're like, oh, my lead got called. I really hope I just hit a club on the river. That'll make things so much yeah, easier. I can live with a king or a queen, but a club would be grand. It's not a minimal river. It's just not a club. Yeah, man. Come on. Four to a straight. Yo. But also there's a flush now. The, the, well, there's a back. Well, there's, yeah. three, there's three diamonds. The, the, the less likely flush, especially for Eli, has come in with the third diamond. Um, Henry's maybe a bit more likely to have the diamonds. Of the two, sure. Right. So... Is this a card that Eli should continue bluffing on? I mean, he, uh, we don't really think the turn was necessarily a bluff, per se. I mean, obviously, we would have been happy with a full, but it was more of a like blocker bet to get to the river type of thing. So now do we just decide to turn our king high into a bluff and hope that Henry has some combo that is just like, ah, it's a really bad run out for me, I fold. Right. Well, I think one of the questions is, if we're trying to decide if something should be, if we should bluff with this hand is what are what is our value that we'd be betting with so we can decide like how many bluffs do we even need you know like so what what value can we bet here obviously backdoor diamonds which came in which we can have right we could have called ace what is it can we call ace queen yep ace queen of diamonds pre-flop we call it on the flop with two back doors it's cheap yeah and we get there and that's probably ace not queen impossible. or ace jack of diamonds are probably both there sure maybe even ace king i think actually ace king of diamonds too like we got four bet yeah. we're probably just calling with that we're not five betting that often we might even have king queen of diamonds in our range yep. and king jack of diamonds i'm sure we have king queen and, of diamonds right and like, then we of course have queen jack of diamonds uh, you know, these are all less and less likely to be three bets preflop, but yes. still possible. I mean, since he three bet king, queen of clubs, it's at least all in the oeuvre. The you know? oeuvre. Yeah. yeah. The sure. possible oeuvre. The oeuvre. So do we, we think we're, we're not going to be betting sets for value at this point? This is the question, right? I think we should probably be betting sets for value and probably even two pair, but let's let's look at it for a second. So the board is 10, 8, 5, 6, 9. So there's four to a straight, and Queen Jack gets there. Backdoor Diamonds comes in. It looks like we're often up against... Well, of course, sometimes Henry's going to show up with like Ace-King of Diamonds here. He yeah. can do that. But mostly it looks like we're up against Aces, Kings, Queens, right? Yeah. Like over pairs. If we had two pair, would we really check and just let them check back? I don't know why we would. Yeah, I mean, it just in the moment, uh, Eli might get afraid of you know four to a straight yep. and the diamonds coming in. But but I think you you do have a point that it's probably one of those spots that is is pretty thin value. It's yeah. not clear that you're going to get called. Like you're probably only going to get called by the over pairs if they have a diamond and not a club. Correct. You know. Right. But that's kind of cool. That means yeah. that when we bluff, we can get we can fold out the over pairs that don't have. Diamonds in them, right? Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're supposed to bet our sets. I think we're supposed to bet our two pairs, maybe all of our two pairs even, because they, even though it turns out Henry can have a lot of stuff here, if we don't, I don't, maybe we know that, but I don't know that. I wouldn't have known that. And so, like, I'm putting them on a pretty tight range. And so, I, obviously, all the over pairs are checking back. Every hand we're beating is checking back if we have two pair, right? Yeah. So, I, like, why let it do that? I agree. I think... I think in theory that is correct. In practice, I'm not sure we should be expecting that right. as Henry. That's fair. Once Eli does bet, because Eli does go for it. He bets 8,400 into 16,200. The size also really feels too parry. You know, it's half pot. It's not like a yeah. massive polarizing size. True. That's kind of cool. Now, I do have one problem with this. Yeah. It's not great to block club draws. We We block the thing that we want to fold out. Well, that would be easy to fold out at least. Right. Yes, we absolutely do. Yeah, ace-king clubs, ace-queen clubs, not there. Right. Along with that, 
as I briefly mentioned, I think Henry does have a few more diamonds than Eli in his range, most likely. Sure. I mean, any diamonds that Henry would have taken in four bet pre flop, which apparently is probably a lot of different diamond combos. The, he just see bet the flop. He could do that with any combo. Yep. And then the diamond comes in the turn. He's not folding, right? When, when definitely it's a, not. With one third pop bet, never folding. So diamonds. he could definitely have a lot of diamond combos. Yep. So that's a bit of a problem. But we are sitting here with King High. But is having clubs in our hand as Eli enough of a negative thing as far as blocking the exact wrong type of hand that we should just give up on this river? I mean, we're not re- we're not really targeting club draws because I don't believe. I mean, we would love him to have a club draw and just of fold. Of course, we'd love that. We'd love him to have you know lots of things that that he's gonna anything he wants to fold. We'd love him to have because he's gonna yeah. fold. Um, but I don't. I think just coming back to what we we're saying before, I feel like over pairs are such a more clear thing we're targeting than the club draws, right? Well, it feels sure. like there's clearly more of But them. that's not really the point, is it? Right? Like, you could want to target certain things, but you would like to not block the things that are going to fold. Of course, but the, if there's a lot more overpairs than there are club draws, and maybe that's the question, is, is what, how, what's the frequency of these things? and What's he really going to show up with? Um, as Eli, what's our perception of that, at least? Um, if I was sitting there, my perception would be he doesn't have very many club draws on the turn. I block those. He has a lot of overpairs, and that's what I'm trying to fold out right now. I'm trying to fold out all the overpairs that don't have a diamond in them. I still don't entirely see your point okay. as to why that mitigates having clubs being a bad thing. I didn't say it was a bad thing at no, all. No. I'm just saying, like... I, why does it oh, mitigate having clubs oh, being sorry, a bad sorry, thing? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Of course. Um, I just feel like if if the purpose of this bet is to... I mean, clearly the purpose of this bet is to fold out everything. Yeah. Of course. But the purpose... I believe what we're targeting... Maybe I'm wrong. I guess you're right. In his mind, he's just targeting anything that can fold. Yeah. Right? right? But don't you, like, pick... Don't you think about, like, well, what, what, what am I trying to get to fold here? Maybe right? I do, but does it actually matter in practice? The blockers still matter. I think it matters in practice because it, it may change how you size things. Okay, but let's forget about that for a second, about like, okay. how we chose to size. I think we're fundamentally coming to a weird impasse where I'm thinking of it as like, of the entirety of the range, what percentage do right. I fold out? Right. And you're just thinking about a particular hand that you want him to well, fold Well, I'm thinking about a particular section of the range, yeah. not a particular hand. Of course you'd rather not have clubs. Yeah. I certainly agree with that. There's a problem I'm with... I'm just saying, cl- like, I don't know if that's enough to not want to block. There's a beyond... Uh, beyond just the missed flush draws, there's a problem with the clubs. Yes. Which is that the overpairs yes. that contain a club uh, are, are the ones that Henry is most likely to fold. Well, that is a good point. Also, of course, we're blocking kings and queens, which are overpairs we're targeting anyway, in theory, yeah. even if you're on my side of this, right? Right. But if Henry had kings with the king of clubs, he's a lot more likely to fold that hand than kings without the king of clubs. Right. Or queens with the queen that's of true. clubs. And that's we've true. obviously blocked those hands. Yeah. So I think that's a problem. I think maybe we should give up. Huh. Um, okay. That's reasonable. I like admit. If, if we're going to give up with any hands, what should right. they be? Because we should right. have some give-ups. This yes. feels like a pretty strong candidate. We sort of, yeah, we're sort of blocking the stuff we want him to have, actually, in a bunch of ways. Yeah. That's fair. Um, if we had smaller clubs, maybe we feel much better about it, right? But yeah. blocking the king and queen of clubs is, like, kind of awful for yeah. us. I'd rather That's not true. have any clubs, but I'd much rather have smaller clubs. Yeah, because king-king with the king of clubs means it's harder to have a diamond in there, right? Yep. That's good. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. So I think I want to give up. I think I don't like it because of this blocker issue. So we don't like any decision. I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm, I'm, I've come around. Um, we don't like any decision Eli made post-flop. 
Basically, no. Although we're fine with him check calling the flop. It's because not, it's so cheap. It's not a disaster. We just slightly prefer a raise. I more than slightly prefer it. I'm okay with him calling, but I think it's. I think a raise is clearly better. Okay. Um, like, look at the situation he ends up putting himself in by not raising. I mean, with it's, fair, it's problematic. But look where we are now, and despite us not liking any of these things. Henry goes into a serious tank. Well, yeah. Because he has king eight. <laughs> he does not have the hand he's supposed to have here. All right. So now we have to ask the questions from Henry's perspective. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think the first question to ask is, is our eight a meaningful blocker? Does that matter? Okay. If we believe Eli is capable of betting all the two pairs and sets, yeah. then it is a meaningful blocker. Right. Um, so that's good. It also blocks seven eight as a straight, which I yep. guess I like. I guess we never talked about how low Eli's value would go. I would imagine any straight is going to go for value, probably. Yeah, if, I mean, if, if, in two pairs, if we think two pairs should sure. go for value, maybe not. Players aren't going for value with them, but we, if they're being a little bit more conservative, they're probably still going for it with with the four card straight. I have to believe a straight's betting. Here. All right, it's crazy not to bet a straight here. So blocking seven eight is kind of good. That's one of the more likely sevens that would be in Eli's range that he would decide to take an aggressive action with preflop. I mean, yes, but we only block one combo of that, right? Because there's no seven eight off. It's just seven eight of spades. Yeah, you would think that's so. That's correct. it's better than nothing, but it's only one combo, right? So blocking pocket eights is good. Blocking eight eight X. nine. 10 yeah. eight suited, whatever, yeah, is, is like helpful too. So that's something. It doesn't feel amazing. I think we'd just rather have a diamond in our hand. Like if we could have the king of diamonds instead, yeah, that'd be great. That would be phenomenal. I mean, obviously the best blockers, if we don't have true value here as Henry, are a hand that has, that has a diamond and has no club. Well, I mean, also let's well, throw a queen or a jack in there, by the way, because that's the yep. straight, right? If we, can, yep. if we can have the jack of diamonds, that feels like amazing. Right. right. Jack of diamonds 10 is like the best bluff catcher. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's really, really good. Jack of Diamonds, 10, not of clubs. And is it 10 a club? Oh, 10 is a club, so that's not possible. Yeah, so Jack of Diamonds, 10 is, right. is the best possible bluff. Jack of, Diamonds, Jack, Jack of Diamonds, 10 of hearts, man. Perfect. Just, I always call. Okay, so we know that we would want to call with some one pair hands based on that because of the good blocker situation. Yes. What about Henry's hand? Oh, man. Uh, it sucks that there... If we believe that he's betting all the two pair... Like, backdoor diamonds is not crazy no. at all. Like, no. he really might play backdoor diamonds just the way he did. Yep. Um, big backdoor diamonds, specifically, where he doesn't want to check call those on the turn, so he leads small just to make sure he gets to the river, which is kind of what he did with his, with his clubs. They weren't backdoor, but it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he is calling, like, king, queen of diamonds for a small bet on the flop, you know? Yeah. Like, it was only 1,700 into 6,000. So it's 1,700 to win 77. He's supposed to call his overs with diamonds. There. Yeah. Um, and I think he will. Yeah. So it's plausible. That's not great at all. No. So let's... I don't know if we can call this Let's hand. figure out where we land in our distribution. Okay. Let's, and let's remember that we're getting three to one. Yep. Right? Good. So we only have to be right 25% of the time. That's pretty nice. That really helps. All right. So we do have a bunch of diamonds in our range that we would play exactly like this, right? That we would get to the river this way with as Henry, right? Right. We have For sure. Ace-Jack, Ace-Queen. Ace-King. Ace-King. Ace 10. Maybe some Ace X, some baby Ace X yeah. of diamonds too. I think we do have that since we have King King 8, right? So we probably have like Ace 4 of diamonds and so stuff like that. So f- something like five to eight combos of nut flush draws that we would play exactly like this most mm-hmm. of the time. And other probably other diamond combos as well, like King Queen of Diamonds, yeah. King Jack of Diamonds. King 8 of Diamonds. Exactly. Like Queen Jack of Diamonds. Like there's a lot of diamonds yeah. here. Like a lot now. Yeah. So this has got to be pretty far down because, like we're saying, a 10 is a better blocker than an 8. A 10 with a jack or a queen, which I think we might forbet based on this yeah. hand some of the time, feels like a better blocker also. 
Um, also is higher up in our distribution just in terms of value of rank, which sometimes yeah. matters too, because sometimes they're bluffing with the best hand by accident. And then any hand with a diamond is better. Yep. Just only having clubs is worse, right? Like having clubs is a worse thing. And having a jack or a queen would be better too, by the way. We don't have any jacks or queens. Mm-hmm. We don't have any diamonds. Right. We don't have any clubs, which is good. That is good. That's true. Not having a club is great, but having diamond, a diamond would be better. But maybe it's impossible for us to have one diamond in a lot of our... Not impossible, but it's very, with very over hard. Pairs. We could have over pairs with one diamond. Right. That's it. Yeah. So like when we're saying like, you know, jack 10 with a jack of diamonds, that may be impossible for us to show up with here when we four bet pre. And we think like aces with the ace of diamonds and kings with the king of diamonds uh, are probably better bluff catcher than this hand, right? Even though this hand blocks the two pairs and, and, and sets. I think they have to be. Right. Diamonds are definitely betting... Two pairs and sets are probably betting, but are a little harder to be there, too, yeah. based on preflop. Yeah. Even though we see maybe they could be, whatever. We yeah. Know. So we got... I think we're supposed to fold this All hand. over pairs with a diamond. This hand might be better than any over pair with a club and no diamond, though. I think it actually is better than any over pair with a club and no diamond. Right, because we have some blocking yeah. that's going on, right? So it's ahead of those hands, but it's behind probably all jacks and all queens. Right. Because right. those block the straight. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think this has probably got to be a fold. So, like, jack-jack with the jack of diamonds is a hell of a hand to call with right here. And no club. And no club is like, yeah, two red jacks. You're like, I'm in heaven, baby. Yeah. Can, I, can, I put, can I call for more? I want to put more money in this well, call. Well, yeah, that's why you want to really have ace-ten of diamonds. That's, what you, that's the heaven hand. Yeah. You know, you have the nuts. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'll take ace, ace anything of diamonds. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be greedy about it. I don't need it. to block the 10, the two <laughs> yeah. pair in the sets anymore yeah. when I've got the nuts. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. All right. So I think this is probably too low in the distribution to make the call, even though we're getting three to one. Would you agree? I do think so. I do think so. Yes. Um, now, things could change if Eli is an exceptionally bluffy player. Like, then this, I mean, it's still not the lowest hand in our distribution. We have hands that are worse to call with, as we discussed earlier. Like, any, any, combo of aces or kings with a club in it is probably a worse hand. Yeah, probably is. Probably is. Again, assuming Eli's not losing his mind with like like a 10. Right. Because he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Which like he has, if we have two kings and he's got ace 10 and leads the turn because it feels like a safe-ish card and he leads small anyway. And now he's on the road. He's like, I don't know what to do. I bet half pot. I feel like people do that. I don't know if Eli does. That's that. hard to say that it, somebody's going to do that without a lot of data on yeah, them. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. we don't have enough data on Eli. Henry, Henry should know we shouldn't because yeah. we don't know anything about this guy. So I think I think we're both leaning towards a fold here with yeah. the king eight of spades. If it wasn't a diamond on the river, I th- and it was the nine of anything else, a nine of clubs. Sorry, one of the other two nines though. I think king eight is probably ends up being a call because there's so many more hands now that um, like diamonds are no longer. A, a, yeah, we can't call any of, any of those diamonds, and he can't have any of those diamonds for value. If it was the nine of hearts, yeah. Right, but it it's not. It's the nine of diamonds. I think we're supposed to fold. I agree. I agree. And, you know, that also changes our distribution, of course, which makes a big of difference. Of course it does. Yeah. But Henry, you know what? What? He calls. He finds the call anyway. So he's got the money, and we would have not had the money. Nope. We would have not had the money. I probably wouldn't have four-bet King 8 very often anyway. Maybe I mean, never. We ended up kind of liking that play. I did kind of like it, but, you know, I probably wouldn't have done it myself. Well, so that's because you don't have the chutzpah. Right. I don't have the matzo balls. All right. Well, let's end the podcast, and we're going to go do, like, a, a Rocky-style training montage for you. Oh, God. And you'll, you'll be stronger. I'll after. build up my matzo balls. Yeah. That'll be great. <laughs> okay. Music.
music is my sunlight And all I need is one mic And I can show every single MC how it's done right Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not We got one life And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne And gonna be traveling the globe We still have time to make it home and you